0: What's up, everybody? You are listening to Credentials Unscripted. I am your host, Matt Sterenberg. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode two of our podcast, and the first season is really about learner pathways. We've kind of got a sub-series. We've got three episodes on dual enrollment. If you missed our first episode, why you should care about dual enrollment, we talked with Dr. Rebecca DeLeon, who's at South Texas College. That's a must listen. And she really goes into a lot of things related to dual enrollment, how to think about equity, access, how to grow your programs, how to think about partnerships, teacher credentialing, quality and rigor, accreditation. So if you haven't listened to that one, check it out. Today, we are speaking with Sarah Spradling, college and career transition coordinator from Vandergrift High School, which is in Leander ISD, located near Austin, Texas. And she gives us some phenomenal insight into how to advise students on dual enrollment. So when you think about the landscape, if you're a college and career counselor, you're trying to prepare students for college. But today, over 1.5 million students in high school are enrolled in college. So dual enrollment is growing like crazy. And so you not only have to worry about preparing students for college when they leave your high school, you have to prepare them for college in high school. So I thought this was a fitting episode talking to someone who's doing this every day, communicating to students and families about the value of dual enrollment, how she navigates the partnership with their partner colleges. And so she's going to get into pearls of wisdom, advice for other counselors, how she launched the program, and just how they go about planning the programs and the pathways for their students, how they ensure that the credit that the students take matters, and how they guide students to make that decision. So when you think about it, is dual credit for everybody? Is dual enrollment for everybody? What? How does AP fit into this? And then ultimately, how do you get people to buy in when you're thinking about parents and students? And then how prescriptive do you have to be with students on what they take? How do you assess where the student wants to go, what are their goals, and what are their pathways. So we cover a lot of ground, but if you're in high school and you're a counselor and you're advising students every day and you're involved in dual enrollment, I absolutely think this is a must listen. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Sarah Spradling. Let's go. All right, I'm here with Sarah Spradling, College and Career Transition Coordinator from Vandergrift High School. Near Austin, Texas. Sarah, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself <laughs> and about Vandergrift High School.
1: Sure, yeah. I am in the college and career transition coordinator here at Vandergrift. I've been here since we opened. We're like 14, we've been in existence for about 14 years. But we're a pretty large public high school in central Texas, um, just on the kind of the suburbs of Austin, roughly 2,800 students. So pretty large graduating classes, around six to 700 students at Vandergriff, but pretty young, really great high school in terms of the fact that we offer a lot of different programming, both academically and extracurricularly for our students. So we have advanced placement classes. We're an IB high school, international baccalaureate as well as hosting dual credit classes on our campus. And then extracurricularly, our kids are really stellar. They do amazing things here at Vandergrift. And um, we've won recognition across the state for just how awesome our kids are performing in band, athletics, DECA, all kinds of things. So it's a great place to be.
0: So I think that's a good segue into my first question, which is how do you advise students on all those different pathways? When is dual credit, dual enrollment a good pathway for them? When is AP? When to pursue IB? How do you make those? judgments and how does a family make those judgments and how do you advise those students on what the best pathway is for them?
1: Yeah, that is the question we get asked all the time from parents is like, what do I choose? You have this buffet of options and it is like walking into a buffet in Vegas, right? Like you have so many things and you just don't want to miss out on something great, but you can't really pile your plate too high, right? And that is where we start digging into really more individualized questions with students and their families. What are your future goals? What are your goals now? What are you trying to balance in your life? So there's a lot of different factors to consider. It's not just their college goals, but it's also what are you wanting to experience now? And how are we trying to strike that balance in terms of workload, time commitment, and your academic effort, right? That you're trying to put forth. So just having those individual conversations is really, really critical to guide students. IB is very, very different from advanced placement and dual credit. But what we also point out to students and parents is that all three of those things, all three of those pathways can actually be mixed together on that buffet plate. You can be an IB student, but also supplementing with some dual credit coursework through our local community college. You can be a primarily AP student, but supplement with dual credit, or you can be you know, pursuing what we call our dual credit plus program, where they commit to a certain pathway of courses, but also take, you know, advanced placement science and math classes. So they're also playing to their own personal academic strengths of, you know, maybe a student's really strong in STEM and math and science classes. So they might choose to take those advanced placement, but take their English and social studies classes through dual credit. So it's really looking at all of the different options that are available to them, pinpointing their strengths, pinpointing their future goals, and what they can actually manage. In terms of the, like, looking ahead to their college and career, that is also a question we ask students because some students are really aiming toward those highly selective private institutions. And so we probably are going to say this would be a more sure pathway for you if you go IB or AP primarily. That doesn't mean they can't take a dual credit class. You know, we get kids into Stanford that have taken a dual credit like fine art class, but their math and their science and their English, you know, those core classes are AP or IB coursework. Whereas if they say, hey, I'm going to stay in Texas. I want to stay local. I want to make sure my college is affordable. Great. I really think dual credit is the way for you to go to make sure that all of those are going to transfer nicely for you and help you save money in college later on down the road.
0: I like the idea of focusing on goals instead of necessarily pathways, because everyone talks about pathways. Everyone I've talked to about dual credit, dual enrollment is like pathways, pathways, pathways. And obviously it's really critical. But you and I both know that when you're 16, 17, 18 years old, how realistic is it to say, what do you want to (laughs) do? So instead of focusing so specifically on what do you want to do with a career, which we know is going to change and evolve or even your major, what's your immediate next step? Is it career or is it this type of college? I think is probably more effective than trying to determine where they're going to be at 15 years from now career-wise. And to think about it more from the sense of hard sciences versus humanities and more general is probably, I think, a more effective way of thinking about it. because students don't even know what, I certainly <laughs> didn't know what careers even meant, right? Like right, what they really, really were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Students have a broad understanding of what careers and even majors are out there. A lot of times I'll sit students down with a brochure from a college and say, actually look through what majors are offered. Don't just say you want to major in pre-med because that's actually not a major when you're going in as an undergrad. So there's a lot of education involved with that, but because students are very likely to change. I mean, you know, we look at statistics of how many times people change their majors and their career pathways. When we're advising students, we do try to keep it very general. In fact, the dual credit program that we have mapped out for our students focuses on the core curriculum that we know is going to be unchanging regardless if they're At University of Texas down the road, or if they're in Colorado or California going to college, they're going to have to take a writing composition class. They're going to have to take U.S. history. They're going to have to take U.S. government, some sort of social and behavioral sciences. So we try to package up those classes that are not specific to a particular major or particular pathway. So that way it has more chance of actually traveling with them to whatever their pathway ends up being.
0: So tell me a little bit more about your partnership with Austin Community College. How does that actually work? And give me all the ins and outs of that.
1: Oh, gosh, there's a lot to say here. So Austin Community College is our local servicing community college for all of Central Texas, and they have lots of campuses around the Austin area. Fortunately, we have an MOU with them, our school district does, and so we have this dual credit partnership. Actually, in our school district, we have six traditional high schools and then one early college high school that just launched this past year. So we do have one that is defined early college high school that the students are targeting, earning, an associates degree, but it's very young within our school district. So most of our schools, our six high schools, have a robust dual credit program where we, as a high school, have developed a pathway of classes that we would like to offer on our campus. So that's a really great selling factor is that we can map out what we would like to offer, that it's aligned to our high school graduation requirements. So you know, if I'm offering English Composition 1 and 2, not only are they going to get that six credit hours of college credit, but they'll also get English 3 credit, right? So we have those mapped out of all the different courses that we will award high school credit for, but then a few select of those classes are actually offered on the high school campus. Generally speaking, that's English, history, government, economics, you know, their junior and senior year core curriculum. Again, we don't go into sciences and the maths, although we do have science and math classes approved for dual credit. So what if a student wants to deviate from the ones that we offer on our campus, then they can take them at an ACC campus, which again, we have lots close by to us because they have so many different satellite campuses, or they can take a class online within what has transpired since COVID is there is just a robust offering of online courses available to students. And I'm really seeing that open up opportunities for students to pursue areas of interest We have students taking online language classes, math classes that are more advanced than what we offer here at the high school, science classes, lots of different things. So within that partnership, those classes that we offer on our campus, we just have to provide a location essentially for the class to take place. And then they send professors to us. And so that happens within a student school day, which just makes it so much more accessible to students, so less of a logistical challenge for them. So just incredibly convenient for them to accrue. And within our plan, it's 24 college credit hours that they could accrue during their junior and senior year, which again is part of the core curriculum at the college level that they could package up and take with them. So I guide as the high school side of things, I guide students through the enrollment process. That's kind of my primary role is to be their guide and their advocate as they're learning to navigate ACC systems and help them understand how it is integrated into our systems. That is a huge challenge, um, especially when I have about 700 students each year that pursue dual credit coursework and I meet individually with each one of those students to academically advise them, make sure that they're picking the right classes, troubleshoot their applications, make sure that they're navigating within these new systems, you know, the ACC website and whatnot. And so that's, I'm kind of their, their advocate and their guide. But then there's some things that I can't resolve for them. So we work with an ACC liaison that's assigned to my campus that really can help from the ACC side of things. So it's been a really great partnership with Austin Community College and how that works.
0: I've heard that being a frustration for many people before, but also one of the advantages of dual credit and dual enrollment in the sense that students are having to navigate a college experience, which is a little different than like, say, AP, where they're getting to know some of the lingo of a college or university and the ins and outs of how to navigate their systems, what they need to do. They're kind of like a, just kind of a gateway student and getting used to the experience of working with the college. So I've heard that being frustrating, but also one of the benefits.
1: I think it's a huge benefit because these students then when they leave and they go off to a four-year college, they are now equipped with this working knowledge of. What are office hours? You know they know what a syllabus is but to actually understand how the grading breakdown differentiates yours different from one professor to the next and how they have to be ready to shift and adjust from one semester to the next and to those different professors expectations. I think that's huge. For example, Austin Community College uses Blackboard as their platform that professors communicate to students with their syllabus, their grades, all those different pieces. And I've had alumni come back and say, oh my gosh, this college I go to now uses Blackboard and now I know how to use that. They're so much more confident in that transition to college, even if they're unsure when they first start. So I see that as one of my jobs or one of my roles in that guiding students is to help to educate them on these systems. And I also remind those professors that teach on our campus hey, these are juniors in high school that have never taken a college class before. You're gonna need to slow it down and really walk them through. This is how you log into this. This is how you upload you know, a document. This is how you take an online test. And I really emphasize to both students as well as to the parents. And I think that's so critically important because sometimes students will not say anything to me, but they'll say something to their parents. But I emphasize to them, I am always open for questions. If there's something you're unsure about, reach out to me, no question is dumb, because they're brand new to it. So how can they be expected to know the ins and the outs of the lingo? And I think that's really helped in the success of our program, because I do have that open door policy. And it's not just for students, I also invite parents to ask those questions, because they are such key supporters in this process.
0: So when you meet with students and families, what are your selling points for dual credit, dual enrollment? Give me the elevator pitch from Sarah Spradling. (laughs) Uh
1: I tell the parents, I emphasize it's a big fat coupon I'm giving them, you know, like I'm handing you this. And if you want to turn down like a $6,000 tuition coupon, well, then by all means, like just walk away. But I am a, a definite advocate for the financial savings that comes along with being a part of the program. Of course, then I go into kind of some of the other like softer uh, benefits for students. One, again, going back to that confidence, we do like a side-by-side comparison of like, this is AP coursework and this is dual credit coursework. So they can really understand the differences, but we emphasize to parents and students that regardless of which one you choose, or if you're doing a combination of those, no matter what, those students are proven to have a more successful Transition to college because of the academic rigor and because of how they're forced to really advocate for themselves and develop higher level study skills. So, I bring that up the understanding of the enrollment process, just the fact that they've applied to college. I mean, filling out the ACC application, you know, there's no essay involved. I remind students you're not applying to Harvard here, but it is still a process that helps them to gain some confidence that they can navigate that application component that registering for classes, they're going to know how to do that. The confidence, but also like the strategy involved in registering for classes and the preparation that is involved. You know, you need to have a backup plan B and plan C. And I remember, I tell parents, I remember being on the floor of my dorm room, my first semester freshman year, and I had to register via a phone with punching in codes for the classes that I wanted. And I was in tears because I didn't have a plan B. I just thought it was all going to work out for me. And I had to like sit there for hours and recalculate a new plan. And this wasn't online. This was like flipping through a book. And of course, when I bring that up, there's always parents who are older than me. And they're like, well, I had to use a index card and walk around. (laughs) So it's just funny to explain like, you know, to parents too, that what you experienced in college is vastly different. So now your kids are going to know and have that confidence going into college. They're going to learn how to self-advocate for themselves. They're going to know all of those different tech you know, systems, understand how to purchase textbooks, how to figure out which textbooks they need. That's a huge challenge. How to calculate GPA. And then just the college level study skills. College classes are structured so different than high school classes. A lot of times high school classes, students are given a lot more flexibility, a lot more leeway than they are in college classes. So for them to experience that and know that them advocating to their professor when they're sick or when something happens in their life. That is key and critical because mom can't be emailing them and telling the professor, well, Johnny's had a bad day or Johnny's grandmother passed away and we're going to be gone for a funeral. That's up to Johnny. And I think that's a huge life lesson. So, and I really do see students like flourish and grow up through this. And sometimes I have to remind parents to back off a little bit like, hey, let Johnny experience this. They're going to grow through this if you let them do that. And it definitely has chased off a few parents and I think families, I should say. And I think that's okay. That probably means they're not ready for it. But it also has really some parents kind of shaking and nodding their heads going, okay, yeah, my kid's growing up and they need to start being a young adult, you know? which I
0: love. Are you saying that some parents are overbearing? No, I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> never, ever. No, never,
0: never. Uh, Yeah, no.
1: I've written plenty of emails where I've said to parents like, okay, now that you've done the application, cause they're saying I'm filling out the application for Johnny. And I'm like, Please make sure Johnny is, I'm really, you know, in my age, my experience, I feel like I can be very straightforward with parents and say, you should not be doing the application for Johnny. Johnny should be doing this application. Johnny is not learning anything by you doing the application.
0: So this is a difficult question, but how do you know, Sarah, that dual credit and dual enrollment is actually making an impact, that it is beneficial? What's the feedback loop that you know that this is a benefit?
1: Well, one, I mean, obviously we keep statistics on what our students are walking away with by the point of graduation and we actually calculate like the number of total credit hours both high school and college and what that financial savings is our principal actually includes it like in the graduation speech he gives you know the commencement every year so i have to recalculate that all the time so i know that that is a huge benefit but i'm also a huge proponent of my alumni coming back and speaking to students, usually when they're home in January or December from, you know, on their break and talking to current high school students about their college experience. And I never bring it up. They always bring it up and they're like, do dual credit. All of my credits transferred. And this is where I am a huge proponent because they'll say my AP credit, like my AP exam scores didn't get me what I thought they were going to get me. I had to petition. It was a whole lot of hoops I had to jump through, but with my ACC credits, I just sent my transcript and poof, my credits were there. So they said it. They've have reported back to me, and this is all qualitative. You know, I haven't done a formal assessment or really evaluated all of my students, but by and large, the feedback that I've heard is that transferring their dual credit coursework by sending that college transcript to a their now undergraduate college they're attending. That's been very smooth and seamless in terms of getting that credit transferred. But with IB, they haven't always gotten credit out of it that they were hoping to get. With AP exam scores, You know that varies based on college pretty widely and also very dependent on which degree the student's pursuing, whether or not those specific scores are going to translate into valid credit toward their degree. So they have reported back to me and have been trying to sell it to other students without me needing to do that. And that's something I learned really early on as I was trying to start this program when we were a brand new high school, I really tried to sell dual credit. And I think that kind of bit me a little bit, like came back to haunt me because I think I oversold it to students who weren't ready, parents who didn't really understand the value. And then when they started to kind of hear and the rumblings in their community of like the students that were being successful, the students that were getting all this credit and packaging it up and taking it with them. And now in their college undergraduate they were able to double major graduate a year early have time for an internship that within our community which is very communicative and very active on the social media that started to sell it i didn't really have to do anything so i think it's definitely there
0: so you you answered this a little bit but let's say i'm a first time college and career transition coordinator i'm just starting in my role and you're giving me advice on how to get a program up and running what advice would you give to those people that are in the shoes that you were in 15 years ago?
1: Oh, I mean, we actually have to onboard new people all the time. There's always some turnaround. Um, One of the biggest pieces of advice, and I I sort of mentioned this, is getting the parents on board. I mean, it's a family decision. And parents are always, of course, looking out for their students. And When it comes to their future planning, they are the ones who are forward thinking. Their student is just like, oh, that's a lot of work, you know, right now. And in fact, I have seniors often who, you know, they finish the credits that they need for graduation and then they have an opportunity their last semester of senior year. Okay, do you want two off campus periods or do you want to get some more college credit under your belt? I'm sure you can guess what they primarily answer, but I try to remind them, like, hey, would you rather have like free time and fun now? Or free time and fun and less expense when you're in college.
0: <laughs> I took the extra study hall and it was a mistake. <laughs> it was a huge mistake. I mean,
1: that's what 90% of them do. But then I had like just this past year, a student that took four classes through ACC that he did not need for high school, just was looking ahead to his degree at University of Oklahoma. and was like, I want to be done with math by the time I get there. And so he knocked it out. And that's where I think that communication and culture was there within his family conversations That, hey, you should really maximize this because you have some great goals. And the kid was very focused, wants to become a pilot, right? So he knew what those goals were and he could see the end and knew that this is the time is now to go ahead and get a head start so I can have time for these other goals that I do value more when I get to college, Implanting that more into the parents is critical because as teenagers, just developmentally, they are not there. They are not looking ahead. They are involved in, like, who's going to ask me to prom? You know, and what am I going to wear? You know, and as opposed to, what is this going to cost me? You know, later on down the road. So that's number one is educating all parties, students and parents, and then getting them to bringing in like alumni or students who are currently involved. I would advise them because they are your biggest. I can talk to them all day, but I'm not a dual credit student. Having the actual students who are boots on the ground in the classes can speak to students about the difficulty level, because that's a concern, of course. The difficulty level workload and the payoff that they have experienced. And a lot of times it is stuff like, hey, you don't have class on Friday, so you get a free period. You know, It is that stuff that they care about. But that's student to student. And I don't think to remind them of those selling factors. You know, So those would be the two big pieces that I would advise. Involve everyone and then get your current students to help educate the students because the peer-to-peer advising is so, so beneficial.
0: Is there anything we didn't talk about that we should have talked about, Sarah?
1: I think a couple of things is like, it depends on the type of dual credit program that a high school is hosting. I know it looks very different in different high school programs, but with us having the classes on our campus, those relationships with the professors are really, really important. Because one, if they're great professors, you want them to keep coming back. So I work, I work hard to maintain those relationships. And in fact, three of the professors that teach the bulk of our sections have been with us since the first day we started offering dual credit classes on our campus. And I think that says a lot about those relationships that we've fostered. And with that, that line of communication that we've established, they communicate back to me as it is allowed through our MOU students, sign a waiver, agreeing that I can have the right to their educational information. Those professors communicate back to me when there is a concern so that I can help with these students who are new college students say, hey, what's going on? I'm here not to scold you, but like to figure out how I can support you be successful in this history class, this government class, this English composition class. So that relationship is definitely worth fostering with your professors. So that's one piece of advice that I would give. I think also really taking the time to map out what course offerings are of most benefit to your students so that you aren't pigeonholing them. Like we talked about, like we keep the core curriculum in things that aren't specific to a particular major. But what is right for my students in their high school graduation requirements may not be right for another high school's population of students and their high school graduation requirements, because that can vary state to state or district to district. So I think mapping that out is really key. And we also operate a little bit differently than some even neighboring districts to us where we allow students a little bit more flexibility than you know, say Round Rock ISD or Austin ISD that are around us. I know it's easy to just say, here's your package deal, take it or leave it. But we have had immense success with allowing students to, here's your package deal. But if you want to a la carte that and just take this class or this class, oh, you don't want to do it during the school year. You'd rather do it during the summer. Okay. We allow students to customize their plans which makes my job a lot harder, as well as my counselors within our team, because we're having to track much more closely what credits are being earned and when and what they still need to get that next school year. But- the balance that it has allowed students has been amazing. You know, for example, I have a student who's in, you know, marching band, right, which is a very demanding program in the fall semester here at Vandergrift. They, a lot of those students will take U.S. history in the summer instead of during the school year, which affords them the opportunity as even a junior in high school to have an off-campus period. One less class on their plate that they have to deal with. So it's that It's taking care of the whole student, not just the counselor's ease of scheduling. Does that make sense? So I feel like that has been invaluable to our students and parents and probably why we have like 300 students taking classes this summer because they see the value of how that can lighten their load during the school year, alleviate their stress, find balance for them.
0: That makes a lot of sense because it's easy to look at them and say, don't you want college credit? And not to acknowledge any of the other things that are really going on, right? Well, I also value band. I value committing to that. So it's not a just a factor of laziness or not thinking ahead. So there is an element where you have to, again, acknowledge what their circumstances are. And it's a way to get people in, right? That don't maybe fit the entire package or the ideal profile of someone who's looking to get college credit. Right. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah. It sounds like you're doing amazing work at Vandegrift. And it sounds like, yeah, just really cool opportunities for students. And it feels like it's really making a positive impact on the community.
1: Yeah, it really is fun. And thanks for letting me have a chance to share what I'm doing here.
0: So that's our episode on how to advise students on dual enrollment Thank you so much to Sarah Spradling for sharing her insight with us. I Hope it was valuable to all of you, particularly the high school counselors who are having these conversations with students and with families, and that are navigating the partnerships with colleges and universities. I know that I learned a lot and I think Sarah had a lot of wisdom to share. Our next episode is about quality and rigor in dual enrollment. And I'm talking with Amy Williams, the executive director for the national alliance on concurrent enrollment partnerships and she's going to talk to us about her organization which is really the accrediting organization for dual enrollment and she's going to talk about why quality and rigor matter and the impact that accreditation can have on dual enrollment partnerships so it's a phenomenal conversation she's really just a bright voice in the world of dual enrollment so please tune into that one and this wouldn't be a podcast if i didn't tell you to like, and subscribe to the page. We hope you enjoy it. And our goal is to create valuable content that's engaging and useful for your job. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you all real soon.